Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay. Athen Kutz Arambas joins us from Pennsylvania. So I understand the audience. I've got it. People's heads are blowing up. Take a deep breath. It's the first step of a journey. Uh, and we're going to have you back on. By the way, you're one of the top analytical guys. We've had you on before. You're one of the top analytical guys and have been in the Commonwealth for many, many years. I just want to go back because time, I've got to get to Arizona. But Athen, at least for this inaugural you know, launch, I want you to go back and tell our audience, how did Delaware County, because let me be blunt, unless you get Delaware County back into the red category that it needs to be, right, and start really having ballots and up in Lucerne and Northeast, up around Scranton, get that mess sorted. We're not going to be winning Pennsylvania. Let me just be blunt, okay? You can't offset what they're doing in Philadelphia, right, with as many votes in the, in the heartland of, of Pennsylvania, which is fabulous, and even out west and some of the Trump country. So how did Delaware County go from being solidly red to now kind of solidly purple or even slightly blue? How did that happen? Steve, I could spend an hour uh, talking about that. Uh, Delaware County is a suburban county right outside of Philadelphia on, on the western border of Philadelphia. It was so solidly Republican that there were books written about uh, Republican politics in Delaware County. There used to be jokes that if you wanted to have your trash picked up in Delaware County, you needed to be registered Republican. Over time, there was an exodus of people from Philadelphia, specifically moving out of West Philadelphia and into Delaware County. And the Delaware County Republican machine did their best to explain the reason Delaware County is safe, the reason Delaware County is prosperous, is because we have a set of Republican values here. And please vote for those Republican values by voting for Republican candidates. And the Delaware County Republican Party was able to hold the line way longer than anybody thought that they could have. But our challenge has been is that we've got to identify candidates who have the ability to bring the big tent. And that's not about becoming a moderate. That's not about becoming a rhino. That is about being a conservative and communicating it well. So what's happened is that while the Republican Party in Delaware County still can do a great job in certain places, uh, the Democrats have taken over the majority of state house seats. And state house seats is how you organize at the basic level in Pennsylvania. And their candidates are workers. They're going to knock on the doors. And Delaware County is a place that's very walkable. They're willing to put in the elbow grease to, to do the types of changes that they've made. So it's a big deal. Uh, we've got to find ways to compete. And in Bucks County, where I live, we found that model. It is the blue-collar conservative model. And we've wrapped ourselves in it. And we have a strong manufacturing base here in the lower part of our county. And and we we roll with it. We The realignment of the Republican Party to being a workers' party, a populist party. That flies in, in Bucks County. It flies throughout Pennsylvania. That's a message yeah. we need to bring to Delaware County. Just last thing, how did this Republican, the mail-in ballot fiasco in in, uh, in um, Pennsylvania, the last thing, we only got about a minute, how did the Republican legislature get in back of this? Because 2020 and now 2022 and looking forward, I mean, we've got a mess in Pennsylvania. we got to sort out. How did a Republican legislature approve that so statesmen referred to them as agreements right they they made a trade the trade was we will make an agreement to remove straight party voting in exchange for mail-in balloting the belief was that getting rid of straight party voting would be able to bring more republican votes in philadelphia and the city of pittsburgh in exchange for that we got mail-in ballots now the how do you test that theory in 2020 President Trump lost Pennsylvania, but two Republicans won statewide office that we hadn't won in nearly 20 years. So there may be validation to that theory. I think what the Republicans who voted for this bill never imagined was a global pandemic that would have one party adopt mail-in ballots at an incredible rate, while Republicans were discouraged from using it. Republicans used to be the masters and yeah. voting by mail. But it's also, it's also, as, as you know, where the centerpiece of President Trump did not, in fact, did not lose Pennsylvania. He won, but it was because of the mail-in ballots and particularly signature verification, all of it. Okay. Athen, um, you've done an amazing job. We want to get you back on here because this is, we got, if we don't sort of Pennsylvania, there's not going to, I don't care who you run in 2024, right? Donald Trump, 
uh, our strong belief is going to be win the primary and win the presidency. But I got to tell you, this is Pennsylvania's key. Your analysis is 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 quite interesting. I want to make sure everybody we're going to put the Twitter up. How do people follow you? Because you're going to pick up a lot of followers today. And guess what? All of them are not going to be fans. Okay, <laughs> at least at first. I can already tell from the live chat. You're going to have some. You're going to have some challenges here. But that's good. You're you're a very tough and smart guy. Uh, where do they go to get you? I'm on Twitter at Athen underscore K A T H A N underscore K. Athen, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Appreciate it. Look forward to having you back on. I want to thank Alexander Priate and Jack Pasovic for tutoring me for 24 hours on how to pronounce uh, Athens' name. So thanks. Got to do that one. Um, let's go out to Arizona, Mojave County. Supervisor Ron Gould. Can we play? Uh, can we go ahead and play the clip first? I want to introduce Ron to the clip. Um, I vote aye under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote aye or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our self, form of self-government. And I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four eyes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the good of the order? Okay, welcome back for the good of the order, Ron Gould. First off, tell me about Mojave County. Uh, it, you know, Arizona is one of the most stunningly beautiful states in America. Does tourism from all over the world? People come here, absolutely jaw-dropping beauty, and it's kind of this vast wilderness that's still uh, Arizona. What? Tell us about what it, Mojave County. How big is it? How many folks? What do you guys do? Tell me about the county. Good morning, Steve. Mojave County is the fifth largest county in the United States, um, bounded by the Colorado River. Um, it is beautiful, and it's a, a outstanding landscape. Um, it's awesome. Mojave County is pretty much of a rural county. The, the three main cities that are in Mojave County is Kingman, Bullhead City, and Lake Havasu City. Um, and it's a solid red county. We vote 70 to 75 percent Republican. It's it's big Trump country, big MAGA. You have to be a hardy type to live in Mohave yeah. County, right? You're not it's, it's pe- pe- people that are people that are pioneer spirit, correct? Correct, correct. And you'd be amazed at the number of Trump flags that are still flying in uh, yeah. Lake Avenue City, in particular, and uh, an expletive Biden flags are coming in a close second. So, so, so Mojave County is massive, fifth largest county in the United States of America, bigger than many countries. Not not hugely populated, but populated by this kind of hardy, uh, conservative frontier type, um, uh, you know, the backbone of the country. This is the salt of the earth in this county. Uh, sir, you know, I've, I've watched, uh, you know, been involved in news for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years now, made films before that, been all over the world. I don't actually ever remember, and maybe it's out there and I have the audience send it to me, uh, a public official stating what was stated into the microphone yesterday about the being a threat in a democracy being threats arrested. Can you walk me through what what's that about? What happened on this certification sure. process in Mojave County? Yeah, what we were doing is called canvassing the election, which meant that we were going to accept the results from Mojave County's election, not Maricopa County's election, where Phoenix is, where they had a ton of problems. Um, our election officials do a solid job of running our elections. Our elections are fair and, and honest and transparent. So we were approving Mojave County's canvas. Um, we had postponed the canvas till the very last day just to give everybody more time to um, do the research and whatnot on any ch- potential challenges. And the attorney that was staffing the Board of Supervisors meeting uh, told us if we were to vote no on the canvas, that we would be subject to criminal penalties. And to me, that that just blew my mind. If I have the ability to vote yes or no, but you're going to arrest me if I vote no, that, that's just not how we do it here in America. But apparently it's how we're doing it now in Arizona. So this, who, who was the attorney? Who did he, who did the attorney represent? Did he represent the, the supervisors or he represent the state? No, he's the, he's an attorney for the county attorney's office and he's the, representative for the board of supervisors and he was not making a threat he was informing us of what of what we could uh, be up against if we chose to not approve the canvas 
The other issue with if we didn't approve the canvas, then um, the candidates in Arizona could not challenge the vote. It's just a strange way that it lays out. And then if we didn't this approve is, it, yeah. take our votes out of the mix. This this is that you got to certify that you call it a canvas. You got to certify the vote to then contest the election. This is this controversy with Kerry Lake. Let me ask you, did you get a chance? I know Monday you were in these. Did you get a chance to see any of the activity of citizens testifying in front of Maricopa County? And what's your assessment of what happened in Maricopa County? I did see that. And from my statements about Maricopa County, I am not on the Christmas card list of any Maricopa County supervisors anymore. Um, They've done a terrible job of handling their elections for the last three election cycles. They haven't seen, you would think they would learn from the first poorly run one, but they just don't seem to learn how to run an election properly. I guess we need to send some of our officials from up here down there and help them. So, Ron, um, given the fact that you guys run them transparent and, uh, and I realize it's a much smaller place, but you run them transparently and, and fairly, um, is this, your view, is this incompetence or is it malfeasance? Is this level of implosion on election day, understanding that Trump voters are because of concerns they've got with the counting process and the mail-in ballot process and the algorithms and machines, everything that they, they have in their mind as free citizens, they come out on game day. Could this just be, as you've seen it, incompetence or do you think it's malfeasance? You know, I, I don't want to uh, paint them with a the malfeasance, but they're surely incompetent. You know, they should have learned how to run an election by now. Um you know, to, to not have the, the correct ink in your machine to print a ballot, that's just unacceptable. Do you think um, Do you think that uh, there's all types of, you know, there's going to be lawsuits, people are getting affidavits, there's going to be, they're going to contest election one level, but also voters are going to start coming in now that they were disenfranchised. You got this whole situation in Cochise County where they're asking Katie Hobbs to come and make a presentation to actually walk them through why their voters are not disenfranchised, what exactly went on. She's, I think, kind of refusing. You've got Mark Elias has now stepped in here and said, hey, the only presentation the supervisor is going to see is in a courtroom. You know, they've already he's already representing groups that are f- f- suing the uh, the uh, supervisors. Is, is your sense that that voters in. Maricopa County were disenfranchised and therefore Mojave County was disenfranchised? We believe that Mojave County voters were disenfranchised by the problems that they had in Maricopa County. Um, Their mistakes are bigger than our entire uh, county vote. And I think it's disenfranchised the rural voters across the state, not to mention it disenfranchises Maricopa County voters and Republican voters in particular who are more likely to cast their ballot at the poll. So any problems at the poll affect Republicans more than they would affect Democrats. Uh, could you hang through? Uh, we're going to take a, a short break. I, I just want to see if you can you hang through for a few minutes on the other side. I've also got John Solomon uh, is going to join us about Maricopa County. Uh, Ron Gould, one of the supervisors up in Mojave County. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, We're going to be uh, joined by the great John Solomon also about the history of Maricopa County of essentially incompetence, voter disenfranchisement. This is a massive, massive crisis, a national crisis, and it's centered in Arizona. Short break. Back in a moment. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. 
Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Okay? This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies. Because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Wednesday, 30 November, Year of Our Lord, 2022. You're in the War Room. I want to go back to Cortez. We got a lot, a lot to get through. Steve, uh, because one part you do, you obviously you got a brilliant mind being in the pits, being a boxer that was, you know, come from Georgetown, <laughs> thrown into the pits of Chicago. You got, you got a lot of street savvy is what we say. I want to get back to that, but I got to ask you because you're one of the top political messaging guys around and obviously one of the, one of the stalwarts of the Trump movement. Um, your, your observations on, by the way, I want to make sure the audience understands I'm going to have a, uh, uh, people on from Delaware County tonight that maybe have a slightly different point of view. Uh, than our previous guest, so I thought he's incredibly smart. They have a very different view about these mail-in ballots and the situation in Delaware County, so we're going to get them and make sure they're able to put forward all their information. Um, Arizona and Pennsylvania, Steve, from what you've heard, what you've seen, give me your assessment. Yeah, Steve, in both of these states, but especially in Maricopa County, what we see are massive violations of the 14th Amendment of the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. I mean, this is Bush v. Gore from the year 2000 on steroids. And what I mean by that, Steve, is that there is longstanding precedent that voters must be treated essentially the same, subject to the same levels of verification, uh, the same levels of validation. What we have seen repeatedly in the United States, but especially in places like Maricopa County and Pennsylvania, is voters subjected to entirely different standards of proving who they are, and particularly game day voters who are overwhelmingly Trump voters being either completely shut out of voting or subject to properly stringent standards of proving that they are valid voters. And, and none of that applying or very little of it applying to mail-in ballots. So here's the reality though, Steve, I think, unfortunately in those states, we know in Pennsylvania, nothing is going to change before 2024. In Arizona, if Katie Hobbs is indeed seated as governor, nothing is going to change there until 2024. So given those rigged games, we must adjust our strategy. So in states that we control, we can that have good election procedures, we can still rely on convincing voters and trusting them to show up on game day. But in these other states, you know, to John, uh, to, uh, John Frederick's point from earlier, in these other states, Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, for now, we have to play by the rules of the rigged game. And what I mean by that is we have to change the mentality that our people are only going to vote on election day. And we need to be just as interested in the mechanics of voting and early voting and ballot collection as we are in winning over hearts and minds. We have to do both. We still have to persuade people. We still have to have the agenda. But we have to do both in these states until we can gain power and then have legitimate election procedures, real accurate uh, mechanics in these states. And what I mean by that, game day voting, voter ID, paper ballots. But until we get there, we have to unfortunately adjust our game plan to the rigged rules of the game in places like Maricopa. By the way, in the in the Republican establishment, the McCain establishment in Arizona, and also just the establishment of the country, they have to understand if you don't fight right now, particularly in Arizona and other places, to show people that you're just not going to let things be stolen, that you're going to have equal protection for citizens of voting. You're going to lose, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 percent. It's going to happen. They're just going to say, I'm going to go live my life. I'm just not going right. to do this. This is why it's a it's a it's a crisis for conservatives. It's a crisis for the Trump movement. It's a, even if the, if the establishment Republicans ever want economic policies that 
would uh, somehow have some sort of balance instead of this <clears throat> madness you're seeing on the left. And it is madness when you talk about what's going on at Capitol Hill uh, and kowtowing to the globalist. It's going to be over. Yeah. People are kidding themselves about the reality of this thing. This is, this is something serious. <clears throat> I got Jack Posobiec. Steve, you've done some great analysis on China. Walk me through this analysis. Sure. So listen, the situation in China deteriorates not just on the political side, the human rights side, but also economically. And I think the two are inextricably linked because the Chinese party has long effectively had an unstated bargain with the Chinese people. You might even call it a bribe to say uh, we will give you no rights, but we will provide you with economic growth, um, economic growth largely funded because they have uh, used slave or quasi slave labor to replace American workers because of the complicity of the ruling class in the United States. But nonetheless, that has been essentially the deal between the CCP and the citizens of China. But that deal no longer works works if they cannot deliver the growth, if they cannot uh, deliver an improved standard of living. And if we can pull up, please, chart number four, this will show Chinese PMI, Purchasing Managers Index, which was released overnight. It was This is manufacturing PMI. It was well below expectations. And as that chart shows, well below 50. PMI, these are diffusion indexes, meaning when it's above 50, the economy is growing. When it's below 50, it is contracting, as you can see from that chart in recent months, including this month, well below 50. So the Chinese economy is contracting in a material and intense way. And by the way, these are official data points from China. So this is not a private number. Uh, so even, even Beijing is willing to admit, and by the way, the services number was even worse. It came in at 46.7. So even Beijing is conceding that the economy in China is in significant trouble. Again, why? For two main reasons. Number one, their primary customers here in the United States are weakened. The American consumer is simply spent, is tapped out, is in all likelihood going to have a terrible uh, Christmas shopping season. That reflects back to China. And then on the Chinese side of things, the zero COVID policy has been disastrous for Chinese production, especially Chinese manufacturing. So the situation in China economically continues to deteriorate, and that is feeding into the anxiety of a people who have been terrorized with a zero COVID policy by the Chinese Communist Party. Volatility explodes <clears throat> in China, Steve, on all fronts, the economic as well as the political front. I want to uh, one last question because you're going to bridge into uh, Pasovics. That's going to talk both. I said yes. I've said this for a long time, for years. But some of the audience, particularly people that are newly watching the show, were like, "Is Bannon a neocon?" I said, "Until the slaves, China is a slave labor market. Okay, that's how they shipped all the manufacturing jobs over there. Nobody had to pay for the labor, so it's a slave. That's why we support Lao Beijing. And the point we made is that until the slaves of China are free." People in the United States are not free. Correct. Unlike in the Ukraine, the economies are yep. so inextricably linked. When you see that exactly. 100,000 uh, number of manufacturing jobs, remember, Wall Street, the global corporatists and the Wall Street financiers shipped all these jobs to China for their own profit um, on your pension money, by the way, most of it. Steve, before you leave, talk about it's. This is different than Ukraine. What happens yes. in China, oh. everything that happens in China directly for everybody in the audience, understand something directly affects your life, impacts your right. life. This is why the Chinese have spent, we're get gaffed, you know, they got another big seminar today. This is why they're spending billions on political warfare here in the United States. This is why every one of your institutions is infected with the contagion of the CCP, whether there's universities, trade associations, Capitol right. Hill, Wall Street, media, all of it. Until... The slave labor in China is free. You're a slave because right. this depresses worldwide. It depresses worldwide salaries and, the, and yep. it takes away the high valuated manufacturing jobs. Cortez, make the case for me, sir. No, 100 percent, Steve. Uh, and I've, I've also received this criticism from a lot of folks that I'm somehow a neocon because I care about protecting Taiwan because it's absolutely integral to the U.S. economy. Now, I wish that we weren't dependent on Taiwan and we need to fix that. It's going to take years. We should not be dependent. But the reality is we are OK right now. We are totally dependent on Taiwan for chip production. We are far too intertwined with China to not care about what's happening domestically in China. And it matters so much for us domestically here. By the way, none of that is 
true for Ukraine, okay? Ukraine is immaterial to the United States, especially economically. That is a regional ancient ethnic battle that has been raging for centuries and will probably continue to rage for centuries. And thankfully, it involves no U.S. interest. But getting back to the Pacific side of things, let me give you a very concrete, very current example of why this matters to Americans. Look at what Apple is doing right now. And I just posted on my social media, by the way, a video of Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. The video is a few years old, but it's just as relevant today, where he says that China aligns completely, this is a quote, aligns with Apple's values. Well, what is Apple doing right now in China? What's it doing in the United States? In China right now, it has literally prohibited the Chinese patriots who are in the street demonstrating for their human and civil rights. It has prohibited them from using airdrop as a function for them to communicate with each other. This is an American company helping, aiding and abetting the thugs of the Chinese Communist Party junta. At the same time, here in the United States, Apple is threatening Twitter, is threatening to remove Twitter as an app from Apple devices. Why? Because Twitter finally, at last, is actually going down a road of free speech. So it believes in repression in China at the behest of the CCP, and it is willing to use Chinese-style tactics, CCP tactics, here in the United States because it has monopoly power, which it shouldn't have, and we need to get to address that in this new Congress. But the, the point is, look at what Apple is doing, and that shows you that is proof positive of how relevant China is, unfortunately, to the United States. If we lose the uh, Taiwan is Silicon Valley West. I wish yeah. it wasn't, but it is. Right. And the factories you see, these big chip factories in Texas and Arizona, th it is years before these things are stood up and, right. and, and, and function at the level you need to be. Remember, the, the value of chip trading now in the world is bigger than oil trading. Chips run the modern you know, industrial uh, world. If we lose Taiwan, the United States economy will drop 25%. You think you'd be in a recession? You think you're going to be in a depression? 1930s will look like will look like party time compared right. to what would happen. So, hey, the Wall Street corporations did it. The Bush apparatus did it. Clinton did it. The Uniparty did it. We are where we are, but we got to unwind it. But trust me, those people in the streets in Beijing and Shanghai, they're fighting just as much for your freedom as they're fighting for your yep. th their freedom. And on this I consider myself an expert, and I will make sure that we explain this going forward so people don't think that Steve Cortez and Steve Bannon have turned to neo-gods. We're far from it. <laughs> Steve Cortez, how do people get to you? The Substack, all the live streams on Getter, and your Getter feed. Offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. That's 25% off the four-week emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help American families more. This is an amazing price, so get it while you can. These days, you can't depend on anything else but yourself for survival. Get this food today. You'll be grateful for it tomorrow. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save 25% on each four-week emergency supply food kit. Your orders ship fast and free. Don't wait for the shelves to be empty. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Poso, uh, connect, uh, connect the dots. Connect uh, what's happening in Ukraine uh, on this, obviously, a battlefield that we've warned was going to be horrible for the Ukrainian people because they're the guys left holding the bag to Washington, D.C., to Beijing. So let me let me go down the list, right? Whether it's hundred thousand, whatever the real number is, this was the cost of those counteroffenses. Remember, the New York Times would say, "Oh, the counteroffenses, these amazing counteroffenses, they're so wonderful, they're barely using it." No, and then she comes out, "Yeah, actually, we lost a hundred thousand men." And so that means that's your battle-hardened, that's your combat-tested men. That means that as the Russians are now mobilizing again, remember, three hundred thousand in the first tranche of mobilization, they're just waiting for those farms to freeze down there in the west, down there in the south, up in the north again. The minute those farms freeze, whether it be December fifteenth, whether it be you know close to Christmas time, you're going to see the tanks rolling again in from Russia. They have the ability to send waves and waves and waves of this. They have something called strategic depth. That is the threat. That's always been the threat. And now they're getting the bombers involved. They're getting air online. It, 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 this is a situation well, remember, where hold you on, need hold on. to look the for Russian the escalation. Army is built around tanks and artillery. I, I looked at the, the throw weight 
the, the amount of throw weight that Russia has hit Ukraine with is like mind boggling. These are World War II numbers. And these guys are just going to keep well, it's giving the same you, way they fought every they're, single war in their history. They're, they're the going to keep they giving fight. it to you. And, and they said today that you, you guys, the weaponizing winner. Hello. Check with uh, Napoleon and Hitler. I think yeah, they weaponized no, Nap Napoleon before. tell you all about that. We're not arguing the Russian side. What we're saying is that as the country's always done, level heads got to prevail. And got to get these people into a room and make a deal because they're not going to stop. And you're going to have 200,000 Ukrainian troops dead. You're going to have 100,000 Ukrainian civilians dead. And all for what? You're going to get back to basically the same spot. And so they're being led well, Steve, down the no, no, this is this, the is, this is where all for what? All for what? Right. And as, as Gaffney said, let's go. Let's go on the list here. Qui bono. Right, qui bono, because that's why the phones are ringing off the hooks on Capitol Hill right now, because they know they have only a few more weeks before the Christmas break, before the new Congress comes in, before everybody can get their little tentacles, get their little hooks in this new defense authorization bill. It's about the money. Look, Sam Bankman Fried, right, the guy from the FTX disaster, he's saying, oh, well, I didn't launder the Ukraine money, but I wish I did. He's admitting it. Right. Because he's got nothing left to hide. He's got nothing left to lose. He's saying, I wish I was in on that money laundering game. I wish I was getting in the way all the lobbyists are. That's what's going on. That's who's profiting from this because war is a racket, has always been, always will be. So you're seeing that on the front end. But on the back end, on the back end of all of this, it's the CCP that's propping up our in a sense, propping up our economy. Why? Because the financial and technological hub of the globalization empire that was built, by the way, from the days of Jiang Zemin, who just died, to today, that's been the deal. You guys will have the slave labor, and that's what you're seeing in Foxconn. That's a slave revolt. They're saying you need to get those iPhones and those iPads on the ships before Q4. That needs to be one month out because we need them on the boats to America. You are the manufacturing slaves will give you the capital, will yeah. give you the IP. That's been the deals from the blood-soaked streets of Tiananmen yeah. is where the system Remember, of globalism they, they, was they, born. They've already they've already said this is why Skullcroft came over from Bush 41 said we got you. Back. He's not gonna be it's not gonna it's not gonna be it's not gonna be like Berlin when the Berlin You could have pushed them over fell. like with a feather. If 100%. we had responded to the, Tiananmen Square the way that yes. we responded to the Ru the Ukrainian invasion of Russia or the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, they'd be done. We wouldn't be talking done. about the CCP. Done. We'd be talking about the, the CCP the way we talk about the German uh National Socialist Workers Party today, right? Amen. A thing of Amen. the past where Amen. they belong. Amen. And this country have been totally different. All the high valuated manufacturing jobs have been right here. This yeah, is and, why and so when you want to talk about it, let, let me address this yeah. as well, because I get this too. They say, Posto, aren't you Mr. America first? Why do you care? Why are you, why are you shilling for big neocom? Why are you, excuse me, go up to the United Auto Workers of Michigan, go up to the people of Detroit, go talk to those guys about this because they understand that what happened to their industries, what happened to these manufacturing centers, what happened to these factories was done to them. This was a policy and it was China and the U.S. elites. And there's only been one man in our lifetimes that stood up to do something about it. And that man is Donald J. Trump, the only man who's done that. And that's why there's yep. still Trump 2020 and Trump won flags. You got the Western Michigan. They're still flying them out there because only one man was willing to walk out of yeah. the system and tell people, you know, what's it, going it, on in that back room, everything you thought and worse. And, and Beijing sees their opportunity to consolidate the Eurasian land masters, the geopolitical uh, goal of what Charles the, the, the 12th Hitler Bonaparte. Well, Russia's stuck with them. China now. Russia's stuck they, with they, China. It, now. Well, and China's underwriting it. China's got their back financially. Pasovic, how do people get to you? We got Charlie Kirk following us here at noon. How do they get to your show? How do they follow you on Twitter? Because you are Look, you on got the fire, CCP young man. You got the CCP underwriting the war in Ukraine. You got the CCP cracking down. You got the CCP in bed with Apple, by the way, which is cracking down on freedom of speech. We're going to get into all of this high-level analysis uh, later tonight when Human Events Daily rides free. Also this weekend, by the way, announcing very special sit-down one-hour special with none other than Mr. Matt Tiermond. And we're going to do the two wow. freedom uprisings that are happening concurrently in a way that nobody wow. else can talk about Brazil and China. It's going to be me and Matt we're the full hour this Sunday. We're going to, we're going to promote that. And by the way, by the, the way, if, to, if, yep. if we, you need to come to America Fest. This is the summit for the plan for America. It's yes. myself. It's you, Steve. It's Tucker Carlson. It's Charlie Kirk. 
We are all going to the great Tim pool. We're all meeting together because we know America stands yeah. at the precipice. You must secure your tickets. Amfest.com, December 17th to 20th. Be there. Yeah. TPUSA.com. Go there right now. Slash war room. You get discounts. Go check it out. You got to be there. 17th to the 20th. Thank this you. Jack. Appreciate it. Thanks Steve. So Tierman, uh, t- connect, connect the eastern border of kiev this this horrible conflict that's going on like world war ii to brazil to what's happening on capitol hill to beijing sir well uh as your previous segments uh really uh gyrated around it all comes back to china china it's not even an axis of evil anymore it is a almost like a unipolarity of evil that all the little sub-evil movements and those who would try and imperially hegemonically take control of uh, the free world uh, revolve around. And that's China. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're in the EU. I mean, we, we see it. You and I have talked about a certain German MEP who uh, is the only quote-unquote right-winger who, uh, who's on the China-Europe Friendship Committee and says Taiwan is China's destiny, has been writing it for years. They have their hooks so far deep, and we'll be doing big reports on some of that uh, uh, you know, some of that movements they've done to try and co-op freely electeds in the quote unquote free societies like Europe. Uh, and look, Brazil is now, as I wrote about over these months, the most important battleground where it is a, a binary. It is will democracy reign or will China pick up another major chess piece? And Lula is the the pawn for them to take control, full control over Latin America. The importance of Brazil uh, cannot be overstated. It is so uh, impactful economically as a population center. It is the anchor of Latin America. And this is why people are protesting. This is why you and I are covering this daily as the mainstream media. And I was talking, I was on Tucker two nights ago talking about it. He's the only one in the sort of big global media complex that has covered it all. You've got millions of people, the largest street manifestations and protests in a democratic society, maybe ever, maybe ever in human history. And Nobody's covering this. None of the mainstream media. They, it's it's like the old joke. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Whoa, 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 bro. They got a CNN in 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 not just CNN. They got Globo. It's yeah. not being covered in Brazil. Forget the global media yeah. is not being covered. So I want to take, talk about that. And also for the audience that doesn't understand the direct links of the criminal Lula to the CCP when he was first in power. I mean, the CCP looks at Brazil as Liebenstrom. It looks at that as the, it's, it's a natural resource powerhouse that they must have control of through the criminal Lula, sir. Look, global communism has always been a global movement since Marx uh, engineered it in the 19th century. It was always workers of the world unite. The mechanism was class warfare. That didn't work so well. So in the 20th century with Gramsci and the long march of the institutions, it was much more subtle on social movements, civil rights, gender, climate change. They always have to have their hooks into something where they can turn everybody into an amorphous uh, proletariat movement. And China has been hand in glove with Lula. And it goes back before even the the rise of China as a global hegemon. Lula founded the Sao Paulo Forum in 1990 with, get this, his partner Fidel Castro. Cuba was this hemisphere's anchor for the Soviet attempt at Workers the World Unite of global Marxism. Uh, They were successful in the Sao Paulo Forum. They incubated Chavez and Maduro. They incubated Boric, who now is running Chile, and Petro in Colombia, Morales in Bolivia. And Lula had a good shot to really cement it 15 years ago when his party, PT, the Party uh, of Workers, uh, they ran the country for 10 years, but they could not get their grubby hands off the money. They were stealing so much, they overshot it, and it got exposed, and the people revolted. They were selling Brazilian natural resource assets to China for cash in bags, and they were laundering it through a chain of car washes, the infamous Operation Car Wash. Lula gets convicted. Dilma, his vice president, chief of staff, takes over. She gets convicted. Same crime. Temer takes over. What did they do? They appointed their friends into the judiciary, which is where we are now. That judiciary is lawless. And who is going to adjudicate a lawless judiciary, right? The, the judges are supposed to be the impartial ones adjudicating constitutionality of law, law breaking with the laws that are on the books. So who comes in if the judges are part of the conspiracy? And that's why we've been talking about the last few days, Article 142 and the Brazilian military. And that's heating up. You asked me yesterday morning, what was incremental breaking? And there was nothing in the morning. But by the afternoon, there were some big movements that happened. A hundred and seventy military officers sent an open letter to high command saying, uh, and there are three main takeaway points, quotes, 
There is no institution or constituted power that can place itself above the law and the democratic order. That is a straight shot at this judicial autocracy. Next, the political, economic, and social pacification, especially for the maintenance of the guarantee of law and order, is the military's role. That's them saying, it's our turn, guys. We need to stabilize society. And then third, we are concerned about the lack of impartiality in the narrative of the facts and in the dissemination of data by various communication vehicles. That is a shot across the bow at the corruption of the media and the judges and the courts' engagement with the media. They censor the media. That is not hewing to their line. And they extol. And in previous administrations, they even gave them money. You know, Globo will get funded by a Lula presidency. It's just straight out of communism with state-owned enterprise system. And that is what they're trying to work toward. So how do they cover the protest? Two frames. Non-existent or the protesters are thugs who need to be arrested. And the judges, as we've talked about, are working every angle they can to arrest protesters, to find the truckers, to find the businesses that employ the truckers, to take away the kids of the protesters and the truckers. And the only thing defending the protesters is the military. It's the commandants in the barracks saying, our role, our responsibility is to defend the protesters as they exercise their constitutional rights, not to work for the judges. And that's why I think they're going to have to execute some form of Article 142-driven martial law, expose the election chicanery that the court has obfuscated in the audits, and make arrests. Arrest these judges. These judges are not judges in the classical sense. They are not impartial players. They are a partisan cabal appointed by Lula and Dilma and Temer to fix the chessboard, to put the fix in, to rig the game. And they're doing it. Right now, yesterday, they're now pushing. The certification of Lula was supposed to be December 19th. As of yesterday, they made an announcement they're going to push it up a week to December 12th, one week further up. Why? Because they're scared. They feel that the military is now going to act. There's more and more military generals making public comments. Like one general tweeted yesterday that Lula's party, PT, said their big regret, they were very public about this 10 years ago, is that they they did not defang and neuter the military, the armed forces. They did not make them their own Praetorian Guard like they have with the Federal Police Force. Uh, hang on for one second. Matthew Tierman on the other side. We're going to talk about Washington, D.C., Brazil, what's happening in uh, eastern Ukraine, Beijing, all next in the world. It's hard to grasp why anyone would keep voting for record inflation, skyrocketing crime, and an open border. Likewise, Why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with the big carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to show you why I trust them. Right now, when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, that's 60 days, you get your third month free, plus get free activation. They offer nationwide coverage of the best 4G and 5G networks and use the same towers as all three of the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedom. Just go to PatriotMobile.com Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get two free months of service plus free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Editor has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech. Protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, Getter's got Cortez, has got Tierman. It's done an amazing job in Brazil as a way for people to actually communicate that hasn't been taken down. Absolutely incredible. The war room's up there. I'm up there. I'm putting up stuff 24-7. So make sure you go to get it. It's totally free. Just download it. Also, turningpointusa, tpusa.com. We're all going to be out there. 
December 17th through 20th in Metro Phoenix. Go sign up today. Uh, it's a it's a, a cast of uh, speakers and workshops, unparalleled. Tucker, myself, uh, Jack Basobic, um, of course, the great Charlie Kirk. His show follows us at high noon. You got to watch that. Um, and others. And this is where the whole plan is going to come together for 2023. We want you to be part of it. So go check it out and go to tpusa.com slash worm. You got Charlie's book half off, but you also got all kind of other deals. So go check it out today. I want you to sign up. I want to see everybody there. Uh, also, uh, my, we understand money's tight. MyPillow.com promo code warrant up to 80% off in this massive inventory sale. Go check it out today. Get a gift for a Patriot, get a product for a Patriot at MyPillow.com promo code war room. Go check it out today. Tiermont, uh, some of the audience doesn't realize a lot of the arts does. I mean, your lineage, your father was one of the great, what we call, you know, European intelligentsia that really fought. Uh, the Soviet Union and fought him tooth and nail for his entire life. You've kind of carried on that fight. Uh, the the uh, intelligentsia in the U.S. They, they they for some reason they're all over this uh, Ukraine situation, but they're also back in Lula. I mean, the CIA went there in the summer. <clears throat> you got word, I think, that Jake Sullivan may be going down shortly. Uh, Biden congratulated uh, this, and this for everybody's worried about voter integrity and in the in the in the issue of elections. Arizona, as much as a cauldron that is right now, we're following it nonstop. Brazil kind of proves the case about the machines, right? Because you, you did away with paper ballots. You did away with the, ballot, the voting. You did it all through the machines. And here's what you got. So Matthew Tierman, connect some dots for me. Why, why, is, the, why is the U.S. intelligentsia so pro a guy like she used to be fighters against communism? Why have they turned and become uh, pro Lula? I think the way things have iterated out for the global technocratic, technocratic class, the revolving door political class in Europe, in the U.S., in the supranational governance bodies, the U.N., the EU, the WHO, the WTO, the World Bank, the more they globalize and harmonize, the more fruitful and prosperous they will become in their sinecures. They can go from government, then they go into Johns Hopkins and teach at SAIS, then they join the board of the World Bank, and then they go back into office. So for them, it is... Adam Smithian uh, rational self-interest that they can continue to grow the technocratic globalist bodies and their roles in it. And Applebaum's a great example. She was a quite a credible fighter against communism and a historiographer of what happened in Ukraine, yeah. what happened behind the Iron Curtain, the Gulag. The, the, red, the, red, the, red, the, red the Red Famine is absolutely must-read. It's a brilliant book. We phenomenal, give her a hat tip on that. Historiographer, but as an activist journalist who was married and is married to the former Polish defense minister, foreign minister, and now he's an EU member, Radek Sikorski, they were part of the party, the Eurocentric party. Now, for a lot of Iron Curtain nations, they wanted a little bit of Eurocentrism. They want to get away from the sphere of the Soviet Union and be being blocked out from the West by the Iron Curtain. And Eurocentrizing, joining the EU in 2004 when so many of them ascended, offered them an opportunity for Westernization, for prosperity, uh, free enterprise, more freedoms that we have taken for granted. This was no, more new to them. But what the EU morphed into was another globalist body hell-bent on one thing, which is breaking down nation-state sovereignty. And so anyone who works in that frame, and Lula's a great example, Brazil will be integrated via their network of Sao Paulo Forum into the same Latin American continental Marxist framework. Venezuela was the original anchor. Maduro and Chavez, Sao Paulo Forum people. Bolivian Morales. We've talked about these people. Brazil has been the holdout. And part of that is the religion in Brazil. People there believe in God. It's order and progress and higher power. And it's not rule of man. They've seen that. They came out of dictatorships and they really do want rule of law. So when they see this judicial autocracy take hold, they are vociferously against it. And the media is in bed with it. Of course, it's the same thing we've seen since the 60s here. My father fought the Nazis in the, in the late 30s, early 40s. He fought the communists uh, in, the, in Poland and the Soviet Union, imprisoned by them. And then he came to New York and he fought the New York liberals. And he used to say, they're all really the same in their mentality and methodology. It's just that the U.S. Constitution has prevented the New York liberals from building their gulags the way the Nazis and the Soviets did. If they could, they would. And now we actually see they're closer than ever to it. So they're all harmonizing. Jake Sullivan's going down there. We reported on them tossing out the idea of him going down there, and then he didn't. Now things are coming to a head with the military, and they may or may not act. You know, the military is not a perfectly angelic structure of, uh, you know, 
better angels. There are military guys that are in hock with Lula that are already looking to block out any military action. Uh, our mutual friend Paolo Figueroa named three or four of them by name on his Twitter yesterday, obviously from the safety of the U.S. They want his scalp like they want mine, like they want Alan Dos Santos. But he named them. And there's a lot of generals who will be happy for a transition because they'll do great in, an, in a redux of the klepto state. But the majority of generals and certainly the majority of officers know that like Venezuelan history in 2000, should Chavismo and Sao Paulo Forum politics come into Brazil, they're going to the Gulag first. They know the history. This is why General Morau uh, pointed out on Sunday, it was the 77th anniversary of when Brazilians turned back the communist scourge in 1935. That was a very important symbol for him to say it. And he said, we're going to be on guard. We'll be continuing to be on guard. That's, again, a shot across the bow. They're signaling that they want to take action, whether they will or not. Well, they better. They better because they, Brazil will be Venezuela in 12 to 24 months if they do not. Uh, Matthew, how do people uh, follow you, particularly your Getter and your Twitter account, which are uh, kind of on fire and also your great reporting over at uh, Creative Destruction Media? Yeah. CDM.press, Todd Wood's been great. He's been putting up a lot of stuff. Uh, Matthew Tiramond on uh, the social media platforms, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. Brother, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Look forward to having you back in the one-hour special with Jack Basobic. Ought to be killer this week. Oh, yeah. We'll make sure we promote it hard. Okay, we're going to be back here five to seven. We're going to have a, 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 a different group in Pennsylvania give you their opinion in Delaware County of what they think is happening. So we're going to make sure we get spend a lot of time in Pennsylvania. Also, Arizona, wall-to-wall on that. Much, much, much more. Back here five to seven for the afternoon. Dose of pure adrenaline. That is the word. See that. To the end, just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's bigger. And you are over. Because we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.